0: Alright, Editor Kyrie here with a spoiler warning at the top. For today's Gimmick Award, we spoil the following series. Hikaru no Go, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, and Gunbuster. Thank you, and enjoy this category.
1: Hello, friends and folks, and welcome to ScanLane Media's 2023 Gimmick Awards, our end of the year celebration of the experiences and media of 2023. I'm Six Detmar.
2: I'm Jennifer Uncle. I'm Kyrie
0: Page.
1: And we're here for the best anime or manga of 2023. This is a list of anime or manga that either we covered in a professional capacity in 2023 or that came out in 2023. Either is valid... They have to have not been nominated in a previous year. We are looking for one winner and two runners-up. We can flex that a little bit if necessary, but that should be a last resort. And we have a pretty short list, so it seems pretty doable to me. All right, let's do it. Jen, can you read our list of nominees, please? Sure thing.
2: So for Best Anime Manga, we have Gunbuster, Tenchi Universe, Trigun, Record of Lotus War, um... Run, Beyond Journey's End, specifically the manga, Tepu, Vinland Saga, Oshinoko, Space Adventure Cobra, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, Pluto, and Hikaru no Go.
1: I think uh due to the yes, you know how you have like a mistrial, right? Mm-hmm. Uh due to Jen's clear bias, I think we have to disqualify Gunbuster. Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Oh, that on. would that would be a that be would a be a real it. game changer. Yeah, because then there would suddenly we would have three slots it's in like, the top. Three. What if, wait, wait a minute. What if we disqualified everyone here's favorite? <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, folks, this is the, uh, this is the competition to see what two runners-up Gunbuster will have. (laughs) (laughs) We'll We'll talk about that more later. We'll talk about it more later, but let's talk about- Gunbuster, Jesus Christ!
0: Gunbusters, we'll get into it. Um, We will. We will. Um...
2: Okay. I guess... I'll start things off by saying that, uh... Neither one of my co-hosts liked Pluto as much as I did, so I don't think it'll hang here, even though it is a pretty fantastic thriller overall. And, uh, yeah, it has a lot of characters I like a whole lot.
1: So I think, like, when it matters, right, if there's a situation that's serious, I think I'm a kind and giving person, right? Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't matter, I'm a little bastard, which you know because I'm the one who pl- pl- Pluto on here to make Jen say that it doesn't make the list. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's It has a lot of quality to it. There are a lot of good parts, and it just fumbles the bag so bad that it's kind of legendary. <laughs>
2: I agree. I I disagree to the degree in which you claim it fumbled the bag, but uh, I do wish the ending was a bit tighter compared to the rest of it because the majority of this show like made me very emotional
0: in good ways. I would say like I did listen to I listened to another podcast like kind of talking about Pluto and there was a like they also kind of pointed something out that um we didn't really talk about it. It's like. Some of its its politics are a little suspect as well, but that's yeah. just, like, the nature of its whirlwind story to a certain degree. But also, it's, like, it's not super great. um, And that kind of, like, I still largely enjoyed my time with Pluto, but it's still one of those things where it just, like... When you start to think about it for a little longer, it's like, when, when you're out of the whirlwind, as it were, it's like, oh, wait a minute, this is actually kind of a mess.
3: hmm uh-huh.
2: But it can go. Am I allowed to suggest another one immediately? Sure. Sure. I think free run should go. I don't.
0: Yeah, free run is really good. I and... do
2: think it is really good. I think it has a lot of really endearing qualities to it. It's a very emotional story. For me, the deal-breaker is just the way that they treat the whole demon situation. Like, it's very reactionary, and... Uh, it's very reactionary, and also just prescribes this absolute nature of, oh yeah, demons are always bastards. Even the ones that look really nice, they'll get into your communities, and then suddenly they'll fuck you over. And... Traditionally, people who say things like that, I want mm-hmm. to stay very, very far away from those people. But the other other elements of Freerin are so positive that I end up sticking with it anyway.
1: I I totally understand, and I, I don't disagree, right? Mm-hmm. I think the stuff around demons in Free Rin pretty much sucks. Um as the story goes on, it mostly is just like, you know, sicko of the Week stuff. Some characters I think you would quite like actually, Jen. Um, it sort of de-emphasizes the social side of it because I don't know. I don't know. I can't understand. I don't know what's in the the manga. Cause it's hard. I don't know if it's feedback. I don't know if they're just not interested in writing that anymore. But these days, it is just like here's another demon general, and here's why they're a shithead. And a lot um, of that,
0: a lot of that can probably relate to the fact that like when mm. like it's not. I'm not saying this necessarily as an excuse, but because free rent is very much, like, stomping in the grounds of Japanese fantasy fiction, like, the like, they are just called the, they are the evil demons, you know, in the, a lot of these stories, so, in some ways, like, I think Free Run is reflecting, like, just decades of, like, fantasy fiction,
3: right?
1: I do think it, it, they they go the extra mile, like, it, it, it is exceptional in the way it manages to rope, rope in, traditional racist xenophobia um
0: that being said a lot of free ren is just this really beautiful character like a lot of really beautiful character moments of just like you know it's weaving a narrative about grief along with like a narrative about finding purpose in your life, like beyond just the immediate for like, you know, free Ren had this purpose for a decade, right. To like defeat the demon King. And then she goes off and does her own thing for a while. And upon losing someone very close to her, she realizes she needs to reevaluate her life. And it's like, there is something really beautiful in the manga of exploring that.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking about it more, and I might agree with Jen actually because of. I am current on free run. Mm -hmm. I think the last like dozen chapters have sucked. I think it's been really fucking boring. What they've the 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 latest arc, what they have done, I think is crap. Um. Hmm. So. Maybe hmm. the problem is it's like, it's not that I feel like it has to be in the top three. It's that I am not sure that we will have a consensus on two others that I like better. Right. Hmm. Right. There are two other things on here that I probably like better, but I'm not sure y'all will feel the same way. So for the moment, I would like to, I would like to have this be a bounce, but a bounce the sort of, you know, The tentative bounce, the bounce that's like, when things get serious, it'll probably go,
3: right?
2: Okay.
1: Uh, I think we should cut Space Adventure Cobra.
2: That is fair, because I do think it is a very fun movie. The performance of Cobra himself for this particular movie only voiced him in the movie. He basically... His performance alone makes him such an endearing character, even when he's doing the typical sort of, oh, hey, here's this horny nerd who's great at everything uh, going on a space adventure.
0: Chomping on cigars, like, shooting guns, getting beautiful women, which normally is, like, repellent, you know? Because it's like, oh, this Uh is just, like, oh, this is just, like, such a... I don't even know how to describe it. It's just sort of like, oh, this is just very typical just
1: just very basic male wish fulfillment right i think jen is is, you know spot on that the performance really like in a way i've never seen before with this like this trope delivered so bluntly and so straightly i've never seen someone salvage it like this before
0: just i just remember that one scene where it's like he's in the like bedroom and like as in the entire room is the bed and he's just swimming in the blanket you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> really funny.
2: Yeah. That said, the plot is, like, genuinely unhinged in ways that are both entertaining and also, oh, this is just dog shit writing.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's about how, this, how these three sisters need to die on OVA Island for Cobra. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, I, like, I am not saying this to not recommend Space Adventure Cobra. I think between the performance of of cobra himself and then just the art of of that movie people should watch space adventure cobra i don't however think it is top 3
0: agreed it's a fun movie you should check it out that 4k conversion by discotech is really something
1: i think we all like the idea of record of lotus more more than watching record of lotus war
2: which is a shame, because, like, I've seen a lot more of it than either of you, and I do think it goes to some fantastic fucking places. Like, it it's partially due to just the animator involved, but uh there's a particular battle halfway through where it's setting up to be this epic clash, and then suddenly, out of the blue, this person just gets fucking annihilated by a specific burst of lightning and it's some of the raw shit i've ever seen in the fantasy anime it's there's a lot of fantastic action in this one um even though it is literally and i mean literally 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 a dnd campaign turned into a light novel turned into an anime it was
1: a sword world uh
2: campaign actually tabletop campaign yeah
1: Oh, a thing I should mention that is, is true here is that um something we are doing this year uh, we don't want it to just be like who had the best demo disk. So someone has to have watched either we have to have covered like a, a a larger portion of the thing than usual or someone here has to have more experience with the thing. In this case, Jen has more experience with the Record of the Lotus War mm-hmm. than just what we covered on oops.
3: Mm-hmm. Correct.
1: Um Unfortunately, that also means she couldn't have been the one to nominate it, because I don't think we saw anything she saw anything new uh from the show this year.
2: That is true.
1: Yeah. Um I you know I'm not I'm not trying to limit it on a technicality. I'm trying to eliminate on a on a principle of I wasn't that I, I thought it was fun, but I wasn't that impressed with what yeah. I saw.
0: Yeah, I didn't go out I there are other shows on this list that I went out and sought more of the show after we had finished recording on it or Um, you know, or finished, like, to completion.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Um, let's see. We can probably cut Hikaru no Go. I want to say a little piece on it before we do.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: About two-thirds of the way into Hikaru no Go, Sai disappears. Oh. There is a thing where Sai starts to, like fade a little bit and Sai it's at a point where Sai and Hikaru are kind of are, are fighting a little bit mm-hmm. and Sai is like Hikaru I think I'm gonna be gone soon I think you won't be able to see me anymore and Hikaru thinks it is basically Sai trying to win a fight and ignores him and he wakes up to play a game of go with him and Sai is just gone and Hikaru goes on a several week trip like, visiting places that were important to Sai in life, trying to find his ghost to say a last farewell, and he doesn't fucking get to. Sai is gone. And then there's a period where, at this point, Hikaru has made a pro. He is a pro-Go player. He doesn't show up for his first, like, ten matches, because he's just like, nah, if Sai is not here, there's no point to this. Mm -hmm. And the tone of the sh- of the story shifts. I mean, that part is obviously very somber and-, and sad. But when Hikaru goes back to playing Go, the tone of the story is different in that Hikaru sort of realizes that he's part... I mean, he still loves Go and he loves playing Go, but part of him playing Go is his play style now represents... resembles size so much that by playing, he is kind of size proof of life. Mm-hmm. and the last game of Hikaru no go he fucking loses and he gives an inter- interview after the fact where he is like to me what the essence of of my go play is is connecting the distant past to the far future which is sort of like trying to connect sigh in this timeless desire to play with the modern world and then the very last panel is just a text box but if you go back and reference the first chapter it is clear through context clues it is someone new discovering Psy. who's going to be haunted it's really good that's really really nail
0: it that's really
1: sweet (laughs) yeah um i don't think it needs to win i think a lot of it is just a a well-done shonen but I think they did a really special job with that.
2: Yeah. Also it, worth mentioning that it got both Curier and Six into playing Go, like casually. And Nick!
1: We got Nick, too. Oh, we rubbed him in? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty good. That's great.
0: Yeah, Go's a fun game, it turns out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, did either of you watch more Tenshi Universe?
2: I did not, but, uh, A, I definitely need to because it's pretty good. And B, thank you, Tenshi Universe, for making me realize that, hey, harem stories. (laughs) 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 Sometimes sometimes they're good.
0: (laughs) Harem stories can be quite entertaining. Uh, From time to time, because they are just so, they are just so goofy.
1: I mean, we talk about it on the episode, right? But it is the difference between old and new harem anime. Old harem anime is, here is this loser self-insert boy, and he's mostly here so we can talk about the cool girls around him. Versus the modern approach of, here's this cool boy and here's why everyone wants to sleep with him. It's just less interesting these days. It used to be cool. Um, I think if neither of you watch more, we should cut it. I'm quite fond of Tenshi Universe myself, but... And I have watched more, of course, but to me, it is a, a thing that I don't think of in relation to 2023 that much. Mm-hmm. And then for you two, if you didn't watch more, I think it's it's not in the spirit of things to keep it.
0: Yeah. Okay, I didn't watch any more of it, mostly because like I had already previously seen more episodes of Tenchi. Mm-hmm. But,
1: yeah, entertaining. Yeah. Um. Now, Trigun, however... Of course, I've seen all of Trigun before, right? Mm-hmm. But also this year, I had to watch fucking Trigun Stampede. Yeah, and it was like Trigun Stampede, aka, damn, old Trigun was pretty good. Old huh?
0: Trigun <laughs> yeah. is so fucking good,
3: it's
0: so entertaining.
2: And like both of them probably end up in the same place overall because they're adapting the same story. Um, It's just, the older Tricon knows how to front load the fun stuff to really get you invested, while Trigon Stampede, while being more faithful to the manga, really just makes you want to wallow in the misery a little bit before getting to the cowboy space antics.
1: I'm not sure it is more faithful to the manga. I think Trigon Stampede, with its, like, yeah, Knives is an eldritch horror, is, like, just doing shit, and most of the stuff it's doing is different whiffs.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But old Trigun is still very good.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I don't necessarily think it makes top
1: three. Did you watch Morigen?
2: <sighs> Unfortunately, I did not
1: you got to start watching more if you want things to stay on the
2: list. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. 2024 is going to be the year where I just fucking watch and finish shit. That's going to happen. Uh-huh. I watched Oshinoko. I watched more of it, so that 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 gets to stay. It
0: does. I watched more of it. I watched more of it as well. Oshinoko is really something. Like I didn't I haven't finished it yet, but it is like It is still, like, in this state of being, like, really interestingly dramatic and also really funny at the same time. Like, I love that, like, there was a bit that I saw where um, they start the Idol Agency, and they're like, well, how are we going to get the Idol a- Agency to, like, get more popular? And, it's like, and obviously, that's to collaborate with a more popular person, and they decide to collaborate with a muscle man with a chicken head, Um, who is... <laughs> A bodybuilder. <laughs> just it's it's still like a really fun dramatic thriller while also having like really good comedy just mm-hmm. mixed in because you have the chops. Like the the mangaka has the chops for it, but Oshinoko is still really good.
1: And it has a good sense of style. I mean it is very modern, like, you know, digital animation style, right? Mm-hmm. But for what it is, it's very well executed. It's very colorful and makes good use of color and has some very, you know, striking facial expressions. And yeah, um I I it's one of those times like, you know, again, something I mentioned on the episode, but like I really came into this ready and expecting to hate it. And it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really astonished.
2: The creator of Kaguya-sama, once again just knocking it out of the fucking park.
1: First episode should just not even exist. <laughs>
2: even have <laughs> First episode is what got me invested, but uh, different strokes and all that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Um,
0: I, th- I think we we like earmark Ushinoko
1: for now. Sure, that seems fair. Um, I, think... I guess at this point we can probably cut free run. I. yeah we can cut free right
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um I would also like to offer one more cut um that is because unfortunately I didn't read more of it because there hasn't been much of a like I'm still waiting on a lot of official English translations for tepu um it's sort of like I really liked tepu I really liked the first three volumes of it it's just it is unfortunate that like the fan translation that I read just like the difference the difference between like the official release and the fan release was like pretty stark and it's one of those things where I want to wait and like read it once it's more officially available but I still really liked tepu I still think it was a really fantastically told like grounded sports manga um really invested in the ways in which like, how the sport is played and also just the main character being the biggest bitch on the face of the planet and we love her for it
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's a very non-traditional protagonist for a sports story like this but uh, she's great
1: yeah I, I had a good time with Tepu, and I definitely would be interested in reading more but uh, I think honestly even if I did have access to more for me I don't think it would be top 3 material yeah Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're down to a, a pretty singular fight, right?
2: Yeah, Vinland Saga versus Scott Pilgrim takes off.
1: I haven't seen any Scott Pilgrim. I've heard a lot of people say brave things. I think y'all, you two, have to decide this.
2: Man, personally, I think Scott Pilgrim takes off. Clears it. No, contest. no contests.
1: No contests. <laughs> no. Wow. No contest. Wow, no Eat cr- shit, Vinland Saga. <laughs> yeah, Stupid show of shit. for fucking losers.
2: Vivlin Saga is very good, is the thing. It's like a dramatic story about uh this young Viking kid who loses things at a very early age and loses things. He
1: loses his dad.
2: Loses his dad at Puts a very some respect to yeah. <laughs> the Thorfid's name. Uh, let's have- let's
1: let's let's be clear as a person who accidentally watched season two, he loses a lot more than just his dad. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I went through a lot of season one and like, man, man, Vinland Saga is like, just so, Hmm. Vinland Saga is like, a really excellently told, like story because it is, it is clearly inspired by dark fantasy works that have come before it while also, like, not losing sight of what makes those stories, like, compelling. Like, it's... Also, Ashlad is just such a, like, he basically becomes the protagonist of the story through most of season one, and he is just such a, like, complex character in how he, like, we learn that he is, I believe it was, like, he's actually welsh rather than something like i forget the specifics unfortunately but like where we find out so much more about him while he's also like you get sympathy for him but he's also a ruthless bastard of a guy and it just makes it like really compelling um Mm
2: -hmm. it it's a rare revenge story where the person the protagonist wants revenge on you just spend a lot of time with them realize oh they're they have a lot of redeeming qualities to them. They're they're all right at times.
1: Oh, uh, sorry, folks. I'm getting in a. I'm getting in a, an update. Uh, Scott Pilgrim takes off is not an anime. It? <laughs> <laughs> it's an anime. <laughs> of science course Saru. it is. Of course it is. <laughs> I mean, I don't give a shit if it's science Saru or what. It's a fucking anime. If you wanted to put, if we'd watched the Clone Wars cartoon, it goes on this list because mm-hmm. I don't think that term is useful in any way shape or form frankly as as a barrier it is not useful right
2: Mm -hmm.
0: that being said as much as i really enjoyed Vinland saga scott pilgrim takes off is really really good yeah um it's like you like Its first episode, like 95% of its first episode being a very straightforward adaptation of the first couple chapters of the Scott Pilgrim comic, and then just the wild diversion that it makes to turn it into this interesting conversation about, like, not, like, it is a conversation about the impact that story has had over the past 20 years, um, and also Brian Lee O'Malley as a, As an author, just basically realizing like some very important things about like he's an adult, like he's a man in his 40s now, and he realizes some very important things about like the story and how it resonated with people. And I think it's still a story with resonance and I think takes off, does something really cool and special with that legacy while also telling a fun original story.
2: Yeah, like, they could have taken the easy route here and things probably would have gone fine for Brian Leomaly and everyone else. Like, they could have just made a straight-up adaptation with the same cast of the Universal movie and everything like that, but uh, instead they chose to do something far more interesting, and as a result, it even, like, takes Ramona Flowers, one of the... What are the characters people think about when the term Manic Pixie Dream Girl is uttered and just turns into a fully fleshed human being in a way that is very impressive. Because like, she
0: she is basically the protagonist of the story at that point, in which she is like making amends with like her seven evil exes, right? And also just like the the dimensionality that those characters get is, like, really good, and also the redemption of Roxy Richter, like, as a character, for how horrible she is treated in both the original comic and in the movie, and how there is basically an episode all about Roxy and the writers being like, man, we we did this character super dirty, and actually rec- recognizing that and rectifying that is really something special.
2: Yeah. It was also an incredibly pleasant surprise for me because I went in just thinking, man, I hope they do something better with Matthew Patel this time. I hope they give him a (laughs) little more screen time. And it turns out He is so
0: fucking good.
2: He becomes one of the main characters, like one of the primary antagonists.
0: So if you haven't seen it, it's he basically becomes the leader, like he takes over Gideon's company and then just starts fucking around with all the money.
1: Yeah, it is something I, wa- I want to watch now that we're in 2024. It's like, I mean, I sh- I should have watched, not like, I was like, I'm not going to watch it in 2023. It just didn't happen, mm-hmm. right? Um, But I've heard enough positive buzz that I know I need to check it out.
0: I think it, like, there's still portions of it that fall short, but, like, at the end of the day, like, it is a really well-done, like, it's more than just like a reflection of the like story's legacy. It is also interested in telling a new story, and that's really special.
3: Mm-hmm. I
1: I really appreciate the creator, uh uh Brian Leo Molly, uh did an interview and talking about how it ended up becoming the thing it is. There's a he there's a point where he's talking about the original plans, right? Um mm-hmm they're talking uh, about uh you know these people approached me about a little bit doing a series quote and they were kind of keen on doing it much more like the books initially and for me that just made me kind of recoil like i don't want to revisit myself at 25 necessarily and it's all there it's all on the page so why would i want to relive that Mm -hmm. like yeah uh having having Not just being like, I don't want to revisit my own work, but being willing to say in public, man, when I was 25, I was a shithead. No. (laughs) Uh, I I respect that a lot.
0: Also, I will say as a quick note, like, one of the funniest bits of, like, getting the original, like, movie cast back together to reprise their roles, mostly because Michael Sarah replied to, like, a decade-old, like, email chain, where... (laughs) Where one of the actors posted like a meme around the time of the movie's release and then several years like a decade later, Michael Sarah like responded to it like it had just been posted and everybody in the email chain <laughs> going, Michael, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then they got started talking again. And then they was like, Hey, let's do this again.
1: <laughs> that's that's wild. Yeah, it seems like our, our top three here are Oshinoko. Scott Pilgrim takes off, and Gunbuster. And Let's... our winner is Gunbuster, because holy shit. <laughs> it's
0: like all this stuff that we said about Oshinoko and like Scott Pilgrim takes off. It's like, oh, they are very solidly are two and three for a reason, because Gunbuster is spectacular. Gunbuster is like that... There's so many moments of absurd escalation that happen in that story that just work. It just works. It is like anime operating at like ten thousand percent efficiency. Um, mm-hmm.
2: I, go ahead. And much like the other shows that made our top three, like, uh, it manages to balance incredible moments of silliness and comedy with some of the darkest shit I've ever seen. Like, the way they handle time dilation in this and people just coming back to a world they no longer recognize and has moved on without them. It's fucking devastating. And yet,
0: when Noriko... (laughs) When Noriko and... Oh god, the other girl. Fuck, what's her name? Kazumi. Kazumi. Kazumi, when Noriko and Kazumi come back after like 14,000 years of time dilation and then like a portion of Japan lights up saying Okairi Nasai with like one of the characters flipped backwards, I was emotionally devastated. <laughs> because it's they were wild. waiting for them the whole time.
1: <laughs> it's, it's like, I was talking to... Uh, a friend recently who doesn't watch very much anime.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: um, And they jokingly, semi-jokingly, because this person's just like this, listen. Yes. Uh, presented a theory that it's like, all the good mecha anime have to also be kind of a mess. Especially at the ending, right? Mm-hmm. And one of their examples was Evangelion. And I was like, the thing is, the thing that you don't understand is... Another thing people say is like, oh, Evangelion's only as good as it it is because Anna was really going through it and dealing with some really severe mental illness at the time, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of why it is what it is, but Gunbuster was made when he was doing better and is a coherence experience and is so much fucking better than Ava, it's wild.
0: There is a scene in which, like... Noriko and Kazumi are, like, it's in the third, I think it's, like, the third or third episode, because there's only, like, four OVAs, if I recall. The Six. Six. Okay, so it was episode five, in which they are piloting the Gunbuster into the heart of the alien fleet, and this incredible song starts popping off during the, like, transformation sequence as they are just wiping out billions and billions of alien life all at once to one of the best pop songs you've ever heard in your entire goddamn life is playing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like, there's so many bits, like they do so much like parody and pastiche and reference all like so all different tones right you have the like the original stuff because it's you know aim for the ace right Mm -hmm. um or sorry aim for the top because it's it's parodying aim for the ace the the tennis series and it is just parodying and you have them doing like exercises in mecha suits right and like gymnastic routines but then you also have like episode six where they are doing like a like a you know a 40s war movie right Mm -hmm. and yeah, you have, like, the horror bit, like, you have two different horror bits, um, with, uh, Smith, remember Torin Smith? Oh my god, and, yeah. Uh, the, like, the, like, sneaking around to the ship when, you know, you're when you're in warp and everyone's supposed to be inside, but then also you have the bit where she has her first real battle and she's just standing there, and you as the audience are just standing there as, like, just blips are happening on the HUD, and you're like, every time there's a blip and a whoosh, it means someone died. Right.
0: And then just also, like, in that dourness, in that darkness, you just have those moments of triumph in which, like, she takes, like, like Smith's old headband and ties it around her head, and she finds the strength to persevere, and Noriko just, like, finds it within her to fight back. And it's just, like, classic mecha stuff, but, like, it is so wonderfully done here. And also, there is... We didn't really mention it. It also just features some incredibly gorgeous animation, because this is OVA town. This is OVA town, during the boom economy of Japan's, like, economy, and they just poured so much into it, and it looks like nothing else.
1: The designs are wild, looking around the bridge of the Axelian, and, like, the way it's, like, this, like, elaborate, like, future- like, 80s futuristic, like, work desks, and it's just- it's just stunning. It's just, like, this is one of the best shows we've ever covered, and I was originally grouchy that Jen wanted me to watch six fucking OVAs for this podcast, and I was like, damn, Jen, thank you so much.
2: (laughs) Of course. Every once in a while, I do pick something that uh, does not make (laughs) Six of Your miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while.
1: Yeah. This this show is is incredible. Anyone who cares about anime should watch Gunbuster. And like last year, to address it briefly, because our friends were pissed at us. <laughs> do you remember what we picked last year?
2: What did we pick last Wasn't year? Wasn't Bubblegum Crisis?
1: It was Bubblegum Crisis. Uh-huh. And Bubblegum Crisis I don't think anything we said was wrong. Our friends disagreed with parts of it, but mostly the beef was, y'all are rating based on a thing that is not what you think it is, because the rest of the show is not like this. And -hmm. that's part of why we've made the change this year of, like, has someone seen more? Mm. Because we don't want to rate games based on demo discs, right? Right. Yeah.
0: Same with anime. And it's like...
1: it's never was the point of oops, all anime to tell you whether a show or good was good or bad. It's letting you know whether or not it felt worth trying.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, but in that spirit, I, I mean, our winners for this year, we have e- collectively either seen the majority of it or the complete like span of it. And I mm-hmm. can pretty confidently say gunbuster was the best thing we watched
1: all year. Yeah, no question. No yeah. question.
0: Like, when we, we finished that, we were like, oh, everything is competing for runners-up, and we were right.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that was the end of episode joke, was like, well, everybody else is fucked when it comes to best anime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so congratulations to Gunbuster, the best anime or manga we checked out in 2023 with runners-up Oshinoko and Scott Pilgrim Takes Off.
2: Pretty good year. Yeah. Pretty good year. And, uh, look forward to our other Gimmick War podcasts.
1: I mean, I guess this won't be the last one, so sure, you can say that.
2: (laughs) Game of of the the Year's always the last one, one, right? Game of the
1: Year's always the last one. There we go. Uh, and until next time, folks, hope we'll see you with more awards. Peace out.
2: See ya. Later.